In my interview, I want to introduce you to three STEM program coordinators at the San Joaquin County Office of Education. Megan Smith, Brett States, and Stephen Callahan. All three work at Teachers College as instructors for the master's degree program. Additionally, Megan and Stephen earned their master's of education in STEM at Teachers College. I wanted to have a conversation with them because of the innovative work they are doing and seeing in our region in STEM and how Teacher College has had an impact on them. Listen in to my conversation and how it was very impactful and motivating for me. Please enjoy. How did you all meet? Go ahead, Brett. Hi, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having us. How we all met. Wow. This goes way back. So for myself and Mr. Callahan here, we were colleagues. We are colleagues, but we taught together in Tracy Unified School District, fellow high school science educators. Um, before that, I taught middle school at Tracy for 12 years. And we've been here together at the county office for five? I think it's, a, I think it's just under five years. Just under five years. Oh, wow. Megan Smith and I met. Oh, that's if you don't count Sims. Oh, that's true. Oh, or, or the teaching at TCSJ <laughs> like the summer, like the spring before that, yeah, yeah. or the summer classes. So somewhere between five and eight. There we go. Megan Smith and I met through North Central Valley STEM Center. And that was probably about five years ago as well. Uh, actually, closer to, to eight years oh ago. Gosh, yeah. You asked the wrong person, you should ask that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us something interesting about yourself most people don't know. So um, my job title is the Educational Technology and Engineering Design Coordinator. I deal a lot with computer science and engineering. Uh, just things that are really techy. Um, this morning, before I left home, I made sure to feed my chickens. And I think, yeah, chickens. I, I chickens. do a little bit of urban farming. I kind of enjoy nerding out on things. Delving into uh, understanding something better because it's just fun to learn and complex subjects are fun. And you know what? I, I'm sure at its heart, it has something to do with the fact that there's a ton of science in farming. Right. Just understanding the natural world better. But uh, yeah, I like farming. My family used to farm out in the Delta. Not chickens. They grew asparagus, potatoes, and onions. It is a science, even though my father always proved me wrong by saying, I know when the potatoes are going to be exactly right, and he knew for some amazing reason. What about you, Brett? I don't know if it's interesting, but I, I am a musician. I play multiple instruments. I love to sing, even sadly enough, karaoke from time to time. I enjoy that. I play guitar, ukulele, trumpet, piano, and... Yeah, it's, it's my outlet, and it's I love listening to music. There's nothing better than watching live performances that were stripped away from us during a pandemic that are start, starting to come back. And, um, yeah, so I love listening, playing, singing music. Oh, it's really cool. And you, Megan? Well, I guess I would say my outlet is crafting. So I, I love 
to I love I geek out on on math and science and STEM, but I have this passion for the artistic side. So you could say steam related, right? So mm. painting uh, the polymer clay earrings, and right now I'm getting into cookie decorating, like the really fancy royal frosting cookie decorating. So anything crafty. Oh wow, yeah. that's really cool. So yes. put all that together. You can have an interesting. Uh, Let's hope. Yeah, I, right. yeah, yeah, interesting day. What does lifelong learning mean to you? So, for lifelong learning, I think part of that comes with this passion to 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 seek out the truth and to want to to just learn more and and grow as a person, as a professional. Um, and that's what I've done is I, I always seek out opportunities to expand my knowledge and, and meet new people and, and grow in, you know, multiple intelligences, you know, not just STEM, but right. any opportunity I can. Right. right. Wow. That's good. <laughs> so children, I'm one of our scientists that we just love. We use his videos all the time. Physicist says we spend a year teaching children how to walk and talk, and then the rest of their lifetime in school, we, we tell them to sit down and basically shut up. And how sad is that? Right? <laughs> That's so true. There's natural curiosity in every single human being, it's part of our DNA and who right. we are, and we need to foster that. Right. And as adults, we need to show students that we're naturally curious and that we don't have mm -hmm. all the answers, and we make mistakes and we right. learn from mistakes. And it's a lifelong journey to always be curious and to figure things out and be able to explain it. It is. No, it is. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think that lifelong learning goes to the meaning of life. I, I tend to think that as we're living, we're growing. And I tend to think that every day you, you have the chance to learn something new and be better than you were the day before. Right. No, I agree. I mean, one of my takes, and it, some people might say it's a negative type, is that I look at so many educators because I came to TS, TCSJ and I learned all these different techniques and they talk about it. They talk about the, the benefits of a noisy classroom, right? And you see other teachers, other educators where the kids are just sitting there and the teachers up there lecturing or they're sitting writing onto the document camera and turn around and you see them and then my kids are running around all over the place trying to figure out stuff through a, like a little mini escape room and they love it because they give them a chance to explore mm -hmm. too. Yeah. And I agree with that. And then when you hear teachers say, oh, they tell their students, you got to be a lifelong learner. And you're looking at the teacher saying, but why are you teaching them something that is from the 1920s? Why did you decide to get into education? Um, I went to college to follow my, uh, to this day, the man I look up to and have a tremendous amount of respect for. And that's my dad. He was mm -hmm. a 40 plus year dentist. Um, sit chair side and be his assistant and in hindsight it was the relationships that he had with his patients and how he treated people that I really wanted to. Organic chemistry had other plans for me. My mm -hmm. GPA was 
not rock solid. It, it could have been and should have been mm-hmm. to go into that uh, profession. So um, my dad didn't push me into it. He didn't discourage me. But uh, at some level, I know he knew that I wasn't going to get in. So I, I called him. And uh, after getting the rejection letter, and he said, uh, I'm waiting for this. question I'm going to ask you is, can change your life forever. But what do you want to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> I hadn't really ever thought about that. I hadn't allowed myself to ever think about anything else. I was just total vision. This is who I am. This is who right. I want to be. And it was freeing because I, it popped into my head. I knew it at some level. All right. I said, I think I want to be a teacher. And it was fantastic. Right. I think mean, it was liberating because the classes that I went to after that, made sense, they were relevant, I'm like, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm meant to do. I was able to use all the science courses that I had taken, jumping mm-hmm. into dental school, and uh, yeah, so that was it. Steven. I ended up making the decision to go into education later. It was uh, after college. And when I, uh, when I was finished, I was working in the Silicon Valley, and I liked it. I, I, I really did enjoy it. As I was in the city, I felt like there wasn't enough opportunity for everyone. So what I told myself was that I was going to take a little bit of time away from that job. I go back to grad school, come back. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, and I, I teach. I teach and I told myself it would be five years, be a little piece of my career. Right. Uh, Anyway, that was just under 20, I think, years ago. <laughs> when I started teaching, I, I really loved it. Uh, I realized that what I liked, I, I liked working in the Silicon Valley, but I still was looking at the clock. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, a couple more hours. Right. You know, teaching, you're, you're like, oh, man. It's like a couple hours class ended. Got it. Like, there's, there's not enough time to do everything right. that you want to do right. because you believe in what you're getting done and the lives that you're changing. So, yeah, it's it's an amazing career. A lot of jobs, you're like doing it to pay for the things you need. But can right. is, is life itself. It's, uh, okay. it's an amazing career. Go ahead, Megan. Okay. I come from a long line of, of educators and um, my mom was a teacher mm-hmm. for 30 plus years. Okay. Uh, my grandpa and grandma were both educators. One was a high school math teacher. Um, my grandma was a nurse for a long time and then uh, felt like she she had that calling to, to train young students in nursing. So she taught at um, a community college. And so I, I guess you could say it was kind of in my DNA <laughs> to become an educator, but I, I wasn't completely thinking about that mm-hmm. when I was going to school. I just knew that I loved science. And then I started taking those lab classes where you're just, you're sitting secluded, just, you know, running PCR reactions mm-hmm. and it's the same monotonous work every day. And the, I, I knew instantly this isn't right for me. I love building relationships with people. And, I, you know, I graduated and this position popped up at an elementary school. And 
I just stepped in and it clicked. It just fit. And I knew this is where my heart is. And eventually I went on to, to teach high school science because I knew part of my passion comes from my love of science and wanting to, to be a role model for especially girls in STEM right. and inspire them to That's great. pursue, you know, STEM education in high school and college. And um, so, yeah, it was just, it felt like a calling and it felt like it just kind of clicked when I stepped into the mm-hmm. classroom. A key thing that you said that really resonates with me is that you like building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And that's what teaching really is, is just building those relationships. Steve, what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? So this is, this is the one that I always <laughs> think of. Uh, to understand this, I was a physics teacher before, uh, before this job. When I was in college, you, you, I mentioned my, uh, my degree. Right. Uh, I actually was double majoring for a while in oh. physics, wow. theoretical physics, and that. Um, however, I got sick one day, and it, I was so sick I had ventured three fever for like a couple of days. Oh, wow. And it had just <laughs> after the midterm. And it was a really tough class. Anyway, it happened to be taught by my, uh, by my advisor. So, after taking the midterm, I walked out and I'm like, oh, that did not go well. Missed a few days. I'm like, well, look, it was hurt me quite a bit before, uh, after missing a few days after the shop. And it bugged me deeply to not be in the matrix. It felt like a real failure. So, it took me mm-hmm. a while. To one, drop a course. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to finish all of the, uh, I'm going to finish all the classes in four years. It was important. I wanted to get out in four years. Right. Fine. I won't do the double majors. So, anyway, like I said, the uh, professor was my advisor. I was, I was wondering what happened. You got a 70% on the test. And with the curve, it was an A. And I was like, oh, that was stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, should have talked to someone. Should have uh, gotten a little bit of help. Megan, what's your biggest failure? And what did you learn from it? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of had a similar story. And I, I spoke about it at one of the TCSJ graduations. Hmm where I went from a 4.5 GPA in high school, you know, straight A AP classes, and I got to college in a room full of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of students, and I felt like a failure. Like, I, I didn't belong there, and I failed my first class. And actually, I ended up failing two classes over my college career and having to to retake them. And they just destroyed me. I I just lost confidence in myself. And it kind of, it was like I was almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I told myself I, I right. couldn't do it and then I didn't do it. So um, I, I stuck with my major though. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> 
So I, I just kept pushing through it, and I had some amazing supportive friends right. um, and my family too. And but when I graduated mm -hmm. college, I just I still felt like uh, I couldn't cut it. And then I started teaching, and I started going to TCSJ. And in my my speech, I mentioned that I felt like I was this deflated balloon. Mm -hmm. When I graduated college, and then TCSJ kind of just filled me back up. It inflated me. It made me feel like a whole person again, and that I was competent, uh, but also had a gift to share with right. others. And so, um, kind of like what Steve was saying, you know, you you have to have that outside perspective um, and, and ask for help, right. and realize that you know, other people feel the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I learned later on many years later that there was such thing as imposter syndrome. I also read this book, an amazing book um, from the, the CEO of girls who code mm -hmm. called brave, not perfect. And I just cried reading this book because it described my life where I felt like I always had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I wasn't brave. I didn't realize that I had that in myself and that failure was part of life. And it was this process that I needed to go through to overcome. And so, um, I think that was, a, that was a huge learning point in my life. And I, I mean, I, it was gosh, at least eight years after I graduated college that I read this book and it just finally clicked that, I, it, it was just part of my journey. It was part of a process that everyone goes through. Everyone can grow from it. Brave, not perfect. Not perfect, yeah. No, I see that with my female students mm -hmm. a lot. One of my classes will turn around and say, well, this boy is the smartest in the class. But I see the diagnostics. I see the way that the students think. And you hear the, like one of the, young lady sat there, we're talking about 9-11. Uh, and she turned around and she said, I get it. And I said, what? She said, they bombed the United States on 9-11 because that's the emergency code. And I said, you got it. She said, but I'm not as smart as that boy. I said, we're all smart. So what about you, Brett? So I'm going to go back to my story about how I got education. And when I first made that decision, and, and like I said, hindsight was the best decision I ever made, but I had a lot of self-doubt and I guess even remorse, like maybe I should have persevered. It's like your story. I should have stuck it out. I could have retaken it again and again. And coming from a long line, of, I was the first male states in many, many generations to not be oh, a wow. doctor of chiropractic medicine or dental surgery or... But I also come from a long line of educators. My dad was on school board and totally supported me. And again, best decision I ever could have made. So that failure in my mind was a blessing and I learned from it. And it's me today. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? When you're around amazing, brilliant people, you learn from them every day. So advice would be surround yourself with people you admire and respect. Right. And if you're in an environment 
that you're not happy, seek out something else. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, it's very true. You're never stuck. Mm-hmm. You're never stuck in what you do. Right. I don't care how old you are. And when you are inspired by people around you, you become better. And they encourage you. They give you confidence and put you in positions that you didn't think you were capable of doing. Right. And then you do it. And you have confidence. Mm-hmm. And then another opportunity comes along. So mm-hmm. my advice would be don't underestimate your own abilities, but surround yourself with people that also... Uh, just help you right that have that same enthusiasm it, and it's like I, I wrote in a blog the biggest supporter I'm a big supporter of TCSJ and that's one reason I'm doing the podcast but like I was I wrote my blog everyone here at TCSJ is very supportive Steve what advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? I would suggest for every day, for every lesson that you teach, for every subject that you prepare something for, for every lab that you prepare for, find the joy. Find what's amazing about what it is that you're going to share with the students, uh, whether it's you know for, for science or math or technology. There is something amazing about whatever it is that was important enough to be in a book uh, from either how it gets applied to what it tells you about the world around you or just the beauty of that fact or that graph or the way that it can be represented. And in so doing, one, you're going to make a better lesson. Two, you're going to enjoy the time that you spend sharing it with other people. Uh, and most importantly, the kids pick up on that. And they get to be excited yes. about whatever it is. Yes, they doing. do. One of the things I picked up from going to your workshops, you and Brett, I tell my students, start observing. You can be a scientist 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Use, your, use all five senses. Get your face away from that electronic thing called a cell phone and start looking around you'll start noticing oh we talked about this in class oh this is how to use that device as a way to explore the exactly appropriately mm-hmm. instead of yeah tiktok videos use the sensors on your phone that is a good idea i keep forgetting about that <laughs> i'm learning right now <laughs> megan what positive movements do you see in education? Right now, it's been a big discussion in our department about the fact that hopefully soon science will be on the California dashboard. And that since 2013, we've adopted these amazing standards that are having kids not only know the content, but also be a scientist, be an engineer, and think like one too. And it just seems like science has always been pushed to the back, you know, math and English, math and English. And it's starting to feel as districts around us are adopting curriculum and we're starting to help them facilitate and implement NGSS aligned lessons that science is starting to come to the forefront 
and that teachers are starting to recognize the importance and that we really can, we were talking about this before, how STEM can kind of be this lens through which we see the world and through which we explore all subject areas. Because there is writing and science, there is math and science. And um, I think as we hopefully inspire more and more teachers to, to try it out and they become more comfortable with it, that our students, especially in San Joaquin County, are, are going to finally experience more hands-on science education. And I just think that's an incredible positive movement that has really started to pick up steam here in the past few years. Do you have anything to add, Brett, Steve? The thing that comes to mind as far as positive movements within education, I'm, I'm going to go with computer science. Uh, the fact that students' access to learning technology and more skills that are for jobs, that there, are, there is the ability to have uh, to, to prepare for jobs that don't yet exist. But there's a lot of jobs right now that don't have people to fill them. Um, and those computer science skills, uh, that computational thinking, those give the students the skills to be able to step into those jobs. I should point out that uh, in this building, there is CodeSAC Academy, which is a part of CodeSAC, which has uh, students here daily learning computer science to be developers and, and earn a good living. I guess the movement that I see is the students into new opportunities, and I, you know, I, I see the kids' future when I see them every day, and that fills me with joy. No, that's a, that's a great point you made because the ability to provide to those students that normally can't it decreases the inequities of our academic situation. The other thing about TCSJ is I'm always stressing the four C's of 21st century learning because I tell my kids at school, you got to get ready for jobs that don't even exist. I can't tell you what's going to be here 10, 20 years, that type of stuff. So that's an excellent point. Thank you. Do you have anything to add to it? I've been at this a long time now. It's my 25th year in education, and we're in the midst of reform. And it's almost like it reminds me of, you know, history. You think of Renaissance. And we're going to look back at this time and know that we learned so much more than we even thought we could do navigating through a pandemic, right. teaching remotely, utilizing skills we've seen adults time and time again flip their classroom, record their classroom, utilize this tech tool to do this. Right. And our message is don't stop doing that. Students are back with you. That's great. But most of our districts are one-to-one, -one and students right. need those skills to use technology as a tool to navigate. What are the teaching methods that you feel should be abolished? This is the question I always love asking. You could sit there and say, this is your world. You're Harry Potter. You can do anything magically, and you could say, this is the one thing I would get rid of. How about a cookie cutter? I was going to say, yeah. cookie cutter oh, lab. Yeah. I was going to say, cookie cutter. Or that sit and get. Yeah, I would get rid of But really, it's the same thing that we're talking about, right? The yeah. idea of, we're just, we're just trying to fill boxes here. You know, constrict. we don't want the children to be constricted to a box. Right. Or a line, and, uh, and and 
teacher shouldn't be either. There's there's a chance to be creative for the kids to, to explore and find answers uh, and express those. Yeah, and I would say, you know, maybe stop using the term teacher and refer to them as facilitators. You know, get rid of that teacher addition from them and say, you are not the all-knowing, powerful person here in the front of the classroom. You know, you're going around and and having students be the teachers. They're the ones sharing out their knowledge and having these discussions, and you're facilitating their learning. Right. That's a that's a that's a major like from the '90s paradigm shift for a lot of educators to make it student centric, yeah, instead of teacher centric. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It never fails whenever we do a professional development that teachers say, "Oh, this was fantastic. Thank you so much," but I still don't feel confident in teaching science. And that just like hits me in the gut every time because I think it goes back to this philosophy that teachers think they have to know everything mm-hmm. in order to teach it. They have to be the experts to teach it. And, you know, teaching nowadays, there's there's too much to know. You can't know it all. What you can do is is build relationships with your students. You can develop classroom management skills, and you can provide students opportunities to learn and explore. And that's, that's what a facilitator is. And so um, you, you don't have to know all the answers in science. You can be there right with the students learning with them. Is there, is there, thank you. <laughs> we could drop the mic. mic drop. <laughs> so what is the number one takeaway you want listeners to remember? I think use the community around them to to support themselves and realize that you're not alone in it. There is a lot of help out there. Right. Um, you know, one one thing I would say for advice is, you know, ask questions and that leads to keeping an open mind and finding opportunities that you may not have realized exist. And so there is this whole community out there and that's one of the wonderful things about doing this podcast and having ambassadors for TCSJ is that hopefully more and more people and especially educators realize that this community is out there that exists and it it continues to thrive and, and support others. And, you know, even if you can take one little thing away, like mm-hmm. being a facilitator, or, you know, incorporating computer science into the classroom, there, right. there's this community there to support you. So just reach out. That's true. I mean, very okay. good point. You inspired me. Mm-hmm. I was having a mm-hmm. tough time thinking of a number one takeaway. All right. Um, for me, it's the power of relationships. And you mentioned the community. People want to help. People want to help educators. Be a, they want to be a part of education and be part of this reform, this positive reform that's, that's happening. The number one takeaway um, that I would recommend to anyone is to find a mentor, um, someone excellent point. within your school. Because with, yeah, no exception, there is someone at your school who knows more about some part of what you do during the day because there's 
nothing more complicated that I've heard of uh, than, than teaching. Um, there, there's so many aspects to it. Um, there is someone there who knows you know, more about labs or assessment or whatever. And you know what? They're a teacher. They are glad to help you out and to share their knowledge. I'm also going to point out TCSJ is, is another place to, to come and learn from people here. But I, I think that every single person who I've talked to who has gone to TCSJ, um, the relationships that you gain in working and learning with teachers who are within your area, um, it's amazing. Um, oh, yes. Megan and I took a class together mm -hmm. when we got the STEM Masters. She's, she was awesome then, and I was learning stuff from her then. Um, so, yeah, every, every day is a chance to uh, to learn more and find uh, people to learn from. That's probably my biggest takeaway just from TCSJ is that you can learn from your fellow students. You can you learn from the instructors. Yeah, and I think it's a testament to like the fact that this podcast exists that there were people willing to be ambassadors and, and people coming in, taking their time to come in and, and share their stories because we all have this incredible journey through TCSJ. And that's one thing that I would highly encourage others to, to seek out and going back to being a lifelong learner, this, this whole process has opened up so many doors. It has brought me to my dream job as a STEM coordinator and the relationships, the people that I've met, the mentors, it all just has come together. And it started with, you know, starting with the impact program, going through the master's program, going through the admin program, all through TCSJ. And I just can't say enough about how big an impact it has made on mm -hmm. my life. And the the impact that it can could have right. for others thank you very much for your time and uh you never know i might bring all three of you again so thanks <laughs> yeah. thank you thank you, thank you.